Hey everyone, welcome to this week's the Project Esports podcast for May 14th. Gotta double check the calendar so that I don't screw it up as always. But I am Andrew Nimsgren, one of your co-hosts for this week's episode. We have a pretty big kind of list of stuff that we're going to jump from. We're going to touch on League of Legends a couple of times. We're going to touch about um, a lot of collegiate esports. Heroes of the Dorms kind of jump around right there. But without saying too much, I say we just kind of jump right into this week's guys. So we try not to go on for an hour and a half like we have been recently. So we'll lead off with you, James. Let's kind of see what you got about Pike. I mean, I'm curious to see how where you stand because. Okay, so Pike is every gold player's dream, every gold below's dream. Where okay, you, let's you take a step it. back. Who is Pike? We're kind of jumping right into it. Or okay, yeah, everyone knows what this okay is. cool, 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 cool. Fair enough. I'll give a brief explanation. So Pike is the newest champion released by Riot. Um, he is, he's done up as a support class, uh, uh, yeah, support, um, type character, um, for anybody on the podcast who's just listening in, um, that's me with air quotes, um, because his kit is built around basically, um, enabling ganks, enabling picks and stealing kills. Stealing kills is essentially a part of Pike's kit, which is, new um it's new and it's kind of good but it's kind of questionable at the same time mainly because a lot of people in game will flame the support if they get too many kills if they get too many kills the gold's not being divvied to the right audience or like you know the right players and stuff like that not enabling them to carry pike basically is the sole exception to this rule his ultimate basically is a reset so what this means is basically when he gets the kill when he gets killed with his ultimate it resets so he can do it again um and if he gets like if he kills somebody with his ultimate, the, the last ally to attack that champion gets kill credit as well, gets full gold, full experience, all that good stuff. So basically, Pike is made to set up getting kills for other people, but he's taking them himself. And to me, this is just a little broken. Um, I think honestly, Pike is not going to be played as support that often. I think P- Pike's going to be played play top lane, maybe even mid as an assassin. But like. He's kind of like I could even see him be as a jungler too because he does have gank setup and stuff like that. Um, so, but I like I like the idea that Riot kind of went with this guy because it's really cool because, you know, most of most of the last couple supports, I mean, you've had Rakan, um, you've had Tom Kench, like a, a lot of these characters are you know cool and aesthetic, like aesthetically pleasing and stuff like that, but they're all kind of like passive characters. You know what I mean? Pike is this bloodthirsty like water dredge that's like super dope and he's like his cosmetics are really really cool um but yeah they wanted him to do him a support they wanted they wanted to have him like an assassin style support so i don't i can't see him actually getting played that much in support i or he may be one of our first true every role but ad like players like or like characters like he like he, he has the capability of doing everything now it depends on what his scaling's like i'm not too sure um, I'm not too sure how that's going to really play in and how it's going to set him up, but I think it's re- I think he's a really cool concept. I just don't think I think depending on it depends on his ratios too. That's the big thing. If his rate if he scales really really well and it, like you know his AD ratios are like stupid or his AP ratios like because I don't even know if he's AB AD or AP. I I, I haven't invested probably AD. I'm guessing he's kind of like a thrash, I'm going I'm, I'm going to assume he's probably scaling off AD too. But if it's super super low cool that makes sense because then he can be this kind of like again i don't even know what the fuck to build on him that's the thing i can imagine it's a lot of cdr but we'll uh we'll see but you know uh cool cosmetic overall cool theme but uh, it's gonna yet to be seen how he plays out i'm not too sure i might bust him out on the ptr and see how that goes fuck this champion that's all i had to say because all this is going to be is okay so i play a lot of ad carry that's usually where i play most of the time and all this is going to be is an excuse for my support that's already subpar to flash in and start trying to make big plays using their ultimate three times or whatever to try to get this triple kill and just dying under tower is all this is going to be. I mean, and that's that's true too. It, it, like uh, the, the character's concept does um, it doesn't it does basically green light a lot of bad tendencies. For it's people. all in. It, this yeah. is an all in support. 
And for especially in the lower tiers, like gold, that'd be great. Once you get to that point, but anyone below gold is going to hate that. We have a quick question from Peanut. He's probably going to be a couple seconds behind us. So we'll yep. answer your question as soon as you kind of catch up with that. But I don't know. I love I how he looks. I love his kit, but calling him a support is a mistake. I don't why, think it's why would you even why would they even make a, this character like I, I legitimately don't like explain to me from a game design perspective why you would make this character like it doesn't make sense to make a support character that it's alt is around kills like supports aren't supposed to be, get kills so like this is really confusing okay so first off let's clarify um so peanut um to answer your question really really quick before I go back to that how we do our stream for anyone that isn't watching that listen to us on podcast or anything kind of like that um, we use um, Discord, all three of us get in a call, and then Dylan through OBS sets it up so that each one of us is in our own respective call. So all, all it is, like looking directly in front of me, I see all three of our cameras, and then Dylan just kind of does his magic with OBS behind the camera and do that. I mean, if you really want more details, I mean, I'd be happy to kind of give you a round or Dylan can show you afterwards. But um, that's just kind of the quick way how we do that. But so his alt does a flat amount of damage based on level and the scaling and things such as that. Um, so, for example, if it doesn't kill, so it just shows like an X and he jumps there. So it's a skill shot, and then it does a flat amount of damage. Anyone below, like, I'm assuming like 10% health will instantly be executed. It's an execute, then he, yeah. Then it reprocs, and then he can do it again. But it still does damage if he doesn't instantly kill anyone. But I don't really know. I, I think this does such a better job as a jungler or a top laner because then if a jungler comes in, it's all the more reason for someone to go and help the top laner because the jungler is going to get the kill credit no matter what. I mean, or if, the jungler is going to give the kill to the mid lane or the top lane or the AD carry when he comes in to clean it up. We got to remember too, though, the rest of his kit is built around basically like setting, like his clear is going to be absolute shit if you play him. It is going to be horrible. It's going to be shit. You have to be a team at first and that doesn't yeah, exactly, right? So, like, I mean, his 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 clear isn't going to be good. What I'm excited for, and this is from a pro play scenario, is that you're going to see a lot of aggressive players be able to really shine with a character like this. Oh um, we're going to see some, we're going to see the carry supports again, and that's going to be really dope, because I feel like a lot of support players aren't as laxy-daisy as they, you know, like, like I mean, like, there there is some, some killer supports out there who are really good at doing gang setup and stuff like that, but Pike just has everything to make those players even better. So, yeah. and this is this is something we haven't seen since the last time like Nautilus was relevant. You know what I mean? Or Thresh. Or Thresh. That, that's the yeah. biggest comparison. That's I think Thresh is the biggest comparison. So, I think from a viewership standpoint, this is a really kind of cool move by Rive because people are like pros are going to play him. They're going to yeah. play him and you're going to see some crazy shit come out with him. So, I agree the concept is a little wonky because why the fuck do you want your support having a bunch of kills? The then they negate that with your with his ultimate and basically, it's it, 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 like it's a huge imbalance because you're not getting one player with um gold and, and experience you're getting two and it's snowballs like, and will it, be hard yeah it's, he's gonna snowball out of control so I mean like I don't know it'll be interesting to see and again I really want to see him from a pro play I want to see some crazy shit coming to Korea with him. Um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what skins they can do with him too, because I think cosmetically he has a lot of options. I think Sandstorms his release skin, which already looks pretty dope. Yeah. He ba- he basically instead of like trucking around in the water, he trucks around in the sand. So I think I don't know. He's pretty dope. Um, we can check up a link for the the champion spotlight. Uh, at some point we we'll, we can probably associate it with a video or something like that when we put it up on YouTube. Yeah. So you have a quick link to just go look for it. Although if you don't already follow, you know, League on Twitter yeah. already. But I feel like we talked about this for ages, especially yeah, yeah. me. When it comes out, I'll play some of it and maybe stream <laughs> it or something kind of like that because I'm totally against them. But I think it'll be fun to play, but as an AD carry, I'm going to hate them. Yeah. But let's keep talking about League of Legends, kind of. It's more about Riot Games. So for those of you that aren't really familiar with the regular sports kind of scene every single year, um, they do a sports Emmys. So they do awards for just about anything. Anything that you kind of see for an Emmy, but kind of just related to real-life sports and stuff kind of like that. And Riot Games slash League of Legends won a sports Emmy for what was it exactly? Outstanding live graphic design. So the Elder Dragon, yeah. Yeah. So pretty much what it was from. For any of you that didn't see last year at Worlds, they did this crazy AR Elder Dragon flying around the stadium, kind of stuff like that. And they won. I mean, everyone knows how big of an accomplishment that was and how cool that was last year. 
But what I really want to talk about this is they're considering esports a real sport. I mean, this is the first time any esport has ever won any kind of award at something like this. I mean, it'd be like a video game winning a normal Emmy. It's kind of what the comparison is because it's not the traditional sense, but they're bringing it in now and considering what it is to be a real sport. So I guess we've always talked, is it a sport? Is it not? Doesn't matter. But I just think this is really amazing that they're taking the steps that they don't care what most people are considering it, that even the majority of people don't consider it a sport. A big recognizable organization is considering it and awarding them for how good they're doing. So I guess I don't know if you guys have anything to add on to that, but I just think the fact that they're recognizing esports as a traditional sport now is just kind of a really big step and kind of goes on with the topic we have later. Yeah, so uh, the people who actually awarded this, was it ESPN who who does the sports Emmys or is it another organization that does it? So it is just a kind of a different organization. As far as I know, it is the same organization that does the Emmys. I may be wrong on that, Um, but Um, it's just called the sports Emmy. Okay, so if there is no link to ESPN... Um, and I mean, any, any other like uh, sports broadcasting thing I think is, is relevant to this, but as long as it's not ESPN, I think this is a step forward because so far they're the only ones who actually care about esports. I mean, ESPN has like its own little yeah. section on esports. Um, yeah. like you can go to their website and stuff. And I know, uh, esports were streamed. I know Heroes of the Dorm was streamed on it, uh, two or three years ago on ESPN three. And then Evo was on, um, on ESPN, I think three as well. Uh, so they actually kind of care about esports and stuff, but any like so if they put it on, I would not say this is a big deal because they already care about esports. But if it was yeah. another organization, I think this is definitely a step forward, and it's pretty cool. It was the National Academy of Television Arts and Science, so the same organization that puts on the Emmy. Yeah, this so, is a big deal then. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool, and I'm sure it's amazing. Like live graphic design, there aren't a lot of different kind of things like that in traditional sports, and. Riot Games really blown away everyone else that was in the category. So obviously it'd be unfair not to give it to them. But even so, they didn't have to. Because no one would have batted an eye if they wouldn't have gave it to them, even though it was the best showing of the last year, because it's not a traditional sport. So yeah, I think this is really kind of a huge deal. And it is that first stepping stone of the national media kind of accepting it as who cares if it's an esport or a sport. They're in the same category. It is a competitive game that people tune in to watch and there's professional players behind it. I think is a bigger what they're kind of getting. Yeah, I mean, like, I... This is it. I'm trying to... Uh, I want, like, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, but, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, what would have taken it? What is, like, you know, what would have... What would have even touched that? Like, I mean, who, like, what, what's on what it in the past? You know what I mean? So, like, what are you, like, what are you measuring it up to? So, I mean, like, I, like... I mean, yeah, it's really, it, it, like, I mean, it is good. Like, I don't want to shit on the fact that, you know, um, like, we're, like, esports is being recognized as, like, a, you know, as a real sport, but at the same time, like, what even comes close to a fucking Elder Dragon flying around a stadium, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, like, so, and, like, I mean, that's just it, like, I don't know any traditional sports stadium that really, like, can accommodate that, that even has even really considered it, you know what I mean? So, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, because of how ridiculous and how like like a ridiculously outstanding um, Riot's performance was with this, um, I feel like esports almost forced their hand. Because if I feel like there would be a severe amount of backlash from the esports community if this got voided by something else, you know what I mean? I feel like the top Twitter comment would be the, like a gif of the dragon flying around, you know what I mean? So I I don't know, like I, I I'm happy that it got recognized, but again, I feel like because of the quality that Riot did, they were like we're going to make you fucking notice us. You know what I mean? Which isn't a bad thing either. You know what I mean? Okay. So what I was going against is that, so first off the E-League on TBS was another one that was in contention for it too. So okay, kind of cool. looking through this, there's a lot of different places where Twitch, the E-League, League of Legends, like there are quite a few places where esports were recognized. So it's not like this was the one category that they stood a chance. I saw the E-League slash Twitch won a different award here too. So okay, cool, cool, this cool. is an organization that is recognizing esports for more than just graphic design and technical achievement, but for what it is doing in 
kind of media as a whole. I mean, obviously, um, you can kind of look at that. I want to see which one also won um, the eSports. So, the, yeah, just – oh, so the outstanding transmedia sports coverage, um, the 2017 E-League on TBS and TwitchT.TV lost, but it was up against um, March Madness, the college football playoffs like hard knocks, things such as that, other really big things. So they are kind of recognizing it. They are comparing it one-to-one with other traditional media sports and things such as that. Okay. So I guess not okay, much to really yeah, talk on above that, but this is just an organization that's recognizing esports as something professional and real, which I guess we can kind of move on from this unless you guys have more to say. I just think this is really cool. We threw a tweet out about it. Riot liked us, so Riot knows who we are. No big deal now. But no, really. It was just really cool, and I was really, really ecstatic when I saw that, because it is something that's going to kind of take esports to the next level. But yeah. Dylan, let's keep talking about League of Legends. Alright, so I guess let's talk about the Asia Games. Um, and so, basically, for anyone who doesn't know, the Asia Games are, like, the second biggest international, like, games like, coming together of sports games, sort of. Um, and it's officially recognized by the Olympics. Um, so this is like a big deal and League of Legends is going to be at it. So this is, this is a pretty big deal. I think it makes sense because League of Legends is very, very popular in like internationally too. So I think this totally makes sense. Um, it's going to be taking place in Indonesia. Um, so Indonesia automatically gets the team in there and there's going to be a few other Asian countries competing to get in there. And I believe that the qualifying tournament leading up to it is going to be put on by the Olympic Committee, which wow, um, wow. I don't remember how much um, work they did with, um, I forget what it was. I know we talked about it. I think it was, uh, I want to say IEM. Okay. Uh, you remember with Scarlet, um, she won yep. it for StarCraft. Yeah, was yeah, it yeah. IEM? And that, that was in conjunction with like the Olympic Committee in some way. I don't remember exactly how it was related into it, but it, it was related to the Olympic Committee. Uh, so I don't know how much they had to do with that in the production of that. I don't know if the Olympic Committee is going to do it all themselves or if they're going to contract it out. Um, I really hope they contract it out to someone to run this um, because, I mean, that's kind of what you need to do, right? Yeah. Um, I either hope they hire some, some people in or they just contract the entire company out. Um, which, I mean, it's the Olympic Committee, you know. I, I feel like they're smart. I feel like they know what they're doing. I, I, I don't have any worries about how the tournament's going to be run and how well it's going to be run. I think it's going to be fine. The only issue yeah. the only issue I could see is the actual broadcasting of the qualifiers. I yeah. don't know how well it's going to be broadcasted. Um, I know once it's in the Asia Games itself, those are probably going to be really sick games, and they're probably going to be really well run and really awesome, and... They're probably going to be televised in a lot of uh, Asian countries, which is going to be really cool. Um, But yeah, so like I said, hopefully we'll get a little bit more details about it, but hopefully they contract it out to uh, a company like, I don't know, like ESL or I I don't know. I, I mean, do we, want ESL, well, no, though? we we don't we don't we don't want ESL streaming it on Facebook. Um, but we we want a company like ESL who yeah. can go in there and do a good job because the like ESL, I know we shit on them and stuff. They actually do know how to like run a tournament. They they made some bad decisions in in terms of like their their media presence, but in in terms of like actual like live events, they they run tournaments well. They've been around for a long time. They know what they're doing. I hope someone like them is around. Um, I don't know who else puts on um, League of Legends tournaments, like actually um, running the tournaments themselves. I know there's a, yeah, I know Riot. it's, it, <laughs> like, I know it's, it's mostly Riot. And um, does Riot contract out to anyone? Um, I know Riot has a ton of contractors on their esports side, but I don't know what they're for exactly. I'm not, I'm not too sure either. Like, I mean, I know. Like, they, I know they have some, like, umbrella guys under them, like Garena and stuff like that, like that whole server and stuff like that, who's kind of, like, individually run. Like, I mean, Riot, like, I, I don't know who this would fall under, probably Riot Indonesia, which is fairly new, right? Um, So if they were the ones to be contracted to run it, you know what I mean? So I, I hope so, too, because, like, we, we want someone who knows what they're doing to run this. And yeah, exactly. Like, like I said before, I, I don't have any, like, worry about the Olympic Committee making that kind of decision because i feel like they're going to do it 
So yeah. I'm hyped for it. I mean, I probably won't watch the games. Um, I might, <laughs> I might fact, watch. Yeah. I might watch the Asia games because it would be really cool to see like countries competing against each other. Like, oh, this is the Indonesian team versus like the Chinese team. Like that, that, that would be really cool to see. Actually, yeah. um, I, I really like that, and I mean, it's the same reason why I really like the Overwatch World Cup. Whenever they do it, I, I, I don't know. There's something about just seeing like, uh, like just countries put up their own teams to play against each other i think it's really interesting um especially when you follow the scenes and you were able to see players who are a part of like other teams yeah get, like put into there you're like oh you know it's really weird seeing these guys because you know normally they play against each other they don't play with each other and yeah. i mean it's just like watching olympic uh basketball like it's it's awesome to see the american team like with all, with all the, with all the boys on it it's, like yeah. right like <laughs> it's hype team, yeah. yeah it's like hype yeah. to see that um so i i i'm very excited to see how it's going to look and you know what the teams are going to look like yeah i mean like it's 45 teams like it's that's like a crazy amount like i mean uh i like i'm trying to think of like i'm sure there's 45 countries over there that like can like i'm sure I, we can get a list or something like that but i mean I'm curious, like, like, I mean, this is a cool way too for like, like other regions to like cultivate talent too, because be like that guy's, that guy's really fucking good. Um, we I may also, have never seen. Go ahead. I was gonna say I also can't wait to see Korea beat 44 other countries out of the fucking water. <laughs> Pretty much. Korea's been getting shit on though by Taiwan and MSI. So. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. King Zone Dragon X's have been having a rough go against the Flash Wolves. So, yeah, I mean, but if you bring back all the NA players and all that kind of stuff, and I, it, but NA, like, I mean, like, let's just did, you like, bring I mean, back everyone, like, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think, I mean, how many of those players from uh, Flash from Wolves, Flash are actually Taiwanese? Yeah, I think almost all of them, really. Yeah, dude, they're yeah, that that roster's pretty. Uh, I'm gonna double check now just so I don't, you know, into uh, open foot or open mouth insert foot, but I yeah. mean. I, to my knowledge, most of those guys are regional based. It's always it's always been Flash Wolves' big thing, is that like none of their players are like from from elsewhere, right? So, okay, but yeah, but yeah, carry a, on. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah, a couple of things that you didn't mention. So first off, this is the only gathering that is bigger than this in the world for a multi-sport kind of competition is the Olympic. So yeah. uh, I, you talked about that the, the Olympic Committee is involved, but there's nothing in the world except the Olympics, that is a bigger deal in, like, traditional sports in terms of competitions than this. I mean, it's bigger than the World Cup. It's bigger than all that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. just kind of something that is crazy that this is the first one that is really putting esports into it, and that really means that I don't think it's going to be long before it's – there's going to be something in the Olympics within the 2020s. Yeah. There will be an esport or two in there. Because now the Olympic Committee can't ignore. They've said that they don't. They're okay with esports if it's not like uh, uh, violent or anything kind of like that. Well, now League of Legends is here, and it's the second biggest one. And if this goes well, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't just bring it over there. Yeah, a lot of these teams already can pledge some kind of teams and whatever. It's optional. You don't have to compete in every single one. So even if just the top twenty-five countries have something compete. It's not going to be that hard to organize. I mean, you tell me Olympic Committee can't buy 10 computers and set up a little arena somewhere yeah, in, really though. in whatever city it's being hosted. I mean, it's not going to be that hard to kind of put on. All you got to do is, yeah, contract out Riot. I yeah, mean, that's just they would contract. do it for nothing. I mean, they'll they'll take money, but they well, wouldn't charge. They'll do it for something. Let's, uh, yeah, let's but they wouldn't charge out the roof because the publicity of getting League of Legends into more people and getting it into Olympics is going to take them one step further is that it yeah. brings esports even more into the limelight and more people aren't afraid to kind of be in the closet about playing video games and stuff kind of like that for anyone that still is or is interested in trying it, which brings them more money and on and on and on. So I don't think Ride would make it happen if the Olympic Committee reached out to it, no matter what it cost or yeah. what it I don't think there'd be any any like kickback. Back to my previous point about the Flash Wolves, one player's from Korea. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Fair and enough. The Taiwanese players date back to 2013, who is none other than the support and captain, Sword Art, who hates his name. <laughs> but... I like it. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Um, anything else you want to touch on this? I mean, another really cool thing. I mean, Riot's just kind of been killing it. They're getting Emmys. They're getting in the biggest things. They're releasing new champions. We're going to talk about it one more time. It won't be quite about Riot, but 
League of Legends is doing awesome things. I think everything they're doing is kind of bringing esports a step further, whether you're a Dota guy or whatever. I think you can respect what Riot's doing to kind of make esports better to at least some extent. But let's kind of move on to just talking about esports kind of more as a whole. Um, so there's not too much behind the story. It's just kind of a cool one. We've seen colleges getting more and more um, involved in esports. Every single week, I feel like we have at least one story kind of on it. But Oxford University is going to be offering its first courses in esports. Of course, esports is spelled wrong in this article. Is it capital I mean, S? It's capital S. No, it's capital S. But nonetheless, this is still really cool. I mean, Oxford is not a small university. It's not some little university trying to attract people from locally. This is a prestigious university, and they're partnering with Tencent. Um, it doesn't go very much into details of what, what the courses are going to be. All it says is that courses in esports for students looking to get into professional games. So I don't know if they're going to be doing a League of Legends 101, if they're going to be doing esports production, if they're going to be doing like esports psychology. I mean, there's a really a wide variety that they kind of do. They don't go into details here. So what I want to talk about instead is if you guys majored in esports, what would you want to learn in your degree? So list like the top three classes you want to take or kind of touch on the article too if you have anything. Do a major to add. minor? Like do you want to do it like that? Like so Yeah, if it's a major in esports, what would you do? So I think a really good um major in esports would cover a couple different things. So esports is really hard because it's like you're saying you're majoring in sports. No one majors in sports. Yeah. Like that's not a real thing that you can major in. You have to it has to be a little yeah. bit more specific than that. And so like I could see uh maybe like a really general like um like course maybe it's like in i don't even know what type of college it would be in but like a communications college same thing you would study film maybe you would study esports kind of abstractly on like the impact it has on society that's the only like abstract esports thing i can think of um but you could definitely do the sports journalism route um i i could see a lot of sports journalism uh, majors having an esports option into there um i know at penn state the sports journalist um like the college there it was within the communications college they were interested in esports like they wanted to get people out there and like they didn't have experience in esports but they were like oh this is a new and growing field i want to like you know report onto it so i like understand how to report onto it because like yeah. when you're a sports journalist you're not reporting on only the games you love especially early in your career you have to like get your chops first before you, you get a full-time gig so you're just reporting on any sport and these kids were doing the same. They're like, well, we don't really know too much about these video games, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um, but I really would like to, if if I could have like an ideal like, let me teach esports to to a bunch of bunch of kids. I would be like, all right, first let's give you the esports one on one class. Let's give you a rundown on streaming platforms, and then let's talk about like esports management and like the different types of careers you can have into there. And then from there it starts to get more specialized and uh, obviously harder. Um, but I, I think that would be some good introductory courses at least. Yeah. Like just teaching them what they can do. Cause like a lot of people don't understand that esports is more than just um, being like a, like an athlete. Like at, at this point in their lives, like it's really hard for someone to go pro. Um, if you're, if you're 18 yeah, years yeah. old and you're just starting to play league of legends, that sure. is really hard to do. Um, and no, no amount of school is going to help you with that. That's like, if you showed up at college on the first day and you're like, I want to play for your football team. No, that's, that's not how it works. Um, you need to be playing football since like elementary school. Um, so I really hope they, they, they teach them like that. There's a lot of different careers out there and there's a lot of different opportunities and they kind of help push them in the direction to get those skills. James. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of, I'll kind of like echo Dylan. Like, I mean, Again, like if you were getting into esports as an industry um, at 18 or 17, you're you're kind of fucked like as a player. So I think the course should be more focused on management and not so much not so much management, but like staffing as a whole. You know what I mean? Not so, it doesn't have to be managerial, but analyst being an analyst and stuff like that, right? Which would be more like you know like more math centric and stuff like that, and like and like looking into like tapes and stuff like that, right? I mean that's a like that's that's a, a big avenue that I think a lot of people don't recognize as a thing. Like you know, it's just like Dylan said, a lot of people don't realize how much other like shit is incorporated with with esports. You know what I mean? 
like it's like the amount of uh the amount of extra the amount of extra people the ex- amount of extra personnel that you need alongside a team to support it so um I think human resources in these sports because you're dealing with a different type of person. You need to recognize what your like what, you know what your demographic is as players and staff and stuff like that, right? Um, a lot of a lot of like I think we've touched on this a lot, especially me because I I think I'm probably the most vocal one about this. But there's a lot of esports players don't have a general dynamic background as far as like team play and stuff like that. So in teaching people how to do that, teaching with people how to deal with having to learn that, you know what I mean? Um, so I guess it would be staffing in esports would be the biggest one and then i think it would, would go into more a little more specialized um and i think another thing that would be good to see too would be it would be like talent searching as well because like i mean you need there's so many things that you need to look for specifically that the latter doesn't tell you you know what i mean you can go look at the top 50 and you know na for any any game but that's not going to tell you the whole the whole spiel about them you know what i mean so i think talent acquisition would be a good thing i think it's a, basically it's a lot of things that you can incorporate from either like a lot of like the traditional sports and just gearing it towards esports, you know what I mean? Cause you can't major in sports, of course. Right. But you can specialize in a lot of things that are associated with sports. So gear towards esports. And I think, I think they, you would have a lot of success with that. I'd fucking take it. Like, yeah. I, pretty much exactly what you said right there is what I think. So anything that like I could minor or get an emphasis in sports market. So anywhere where it says sports in front of a minor and emphasis, a major slap it either. Is pretty much how it is because I mean nutrition and stuff kind of like that and training and the differences between training um, for sports versus training for esports, um, human resources and managing a team, sports marketing, turn that into esports marketing, yeah. um, advertising and just having an esports I advertising class, anything that can be any class that can be twisted towards sports can be twisted towards esports is pretty much yeah. how I kind of see it and I hope that's what they kind of do is that this semester there's finally a sports marketing class that kind of focuses on the um, the different types of medium that work best for advertising for a professional sports team. Why can't you do the exact same thing, show examples, show this metrics, and all that kind of stuff? Like, you could easily get an e- – if there was an eSports marketing minor, I'd be on that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, 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 that's just it. I feel like I feel like them being this vague about it is kind of – how they have to be because i feel like the list would be like a mile fucking long you know what i mean so um yeah no i i I think this is a very smart move by them and i hope a lot of people follow suit because i think we'll do we'll do like the esports as a whole will do good because you're fielding talent the the one thing i'm scared of because of shit like this is flooding that's just it i'm terrified of flooding and i'm terrified of flooding with not good people because what you get right now in esports, as far as management and stuff like that, there are a lot of people who are driven because they're not getting paid. They're driven because they want to do it. Now you're getting people who are like, I have a diploma in this shit. I'm entitled to this. Doesn't matter how, you know, it doesn't matter where my like, yeah. where my like loyalties lie. You know what I mean? So I feel like you're gonna lose some, some like, uh, some genuineness. I I think that's the proper word. I don't know. Um, with doing courses like this and i mean it's shitty because this is a good thing you know what i mean this like i i i'm i i hate finding something wrong with this but that's that's the thing i find wrong with it right now coaches analysts managers they all build up doing no getting no profit getting no gain other than their name that's it and if you're if you have a shitty name it doesn't fucking matter you know what i mean if you like your your career is kind of killed but if you have you you graduate top of your class, you're gonna rule out a lot of these guys. You know what I mean? So I but that doesn't reflect on your person, right? So and but going back to that, I mean, I still know people that will go and intern for the Green Bay Packers without getting paid a thing. That's, I that's know. true. I mean, but now think about it. now every single one of the teams that are starting know that all these students that are have minoring in esports, they want experience and they're still willing to work for free. I've done an internship for free. I'm doing one right now because I want experience. I want to round it out. And I want to boost my resume. Now you know exactly anyone in the Oxford a- that goes around Oxford area know that there are going to be hundreds of students majoring that want to be a part of esports in one way or another of all different variations. And you can go and find those. And they're going to happen to pick because you're right. There is going to be flooding, but there's going to be people coming in. So now all these teams are still going to have to. And there's still going to be so many people interested in esports that people are still going to have to kind of drive to be at that top. 
be sure if you get good grades, but if you don't know how to actually do it, I don't think teams would but take experience over that. That's true. Like it, w- it would reflect in your internship and stuff like that. The, the other big thing for me on this, and I was kind of like, Andrew, as you were kind of talking, this kind of like, like formed in my head is this is, this is kind of taming the wild west of esports by doing this because previously up until pretty much this article, you didn't need shit to be a manager, to be yeah. a coach, to be anything. It, you could have dropped out of high school and you still have a chance. Now you, those guys that like, I mean, who are just passionate about games and maybe made some poor life choices and shit like that are going to have to go back, go back to school, go and try and get in these courses and stuff like that. And you're cutting off like a big portion. Like I hate to say it, man, but NA amateur is run by a lot of dudes who are either, they just graduated high school. They don't, they didn't go to college because they didn't care about college and, or they dropped out. You know what I mean? So I think this is, this is, I feel like you're eliminating eliminating something that uh, like eliminating a jo- like a group that really thrived off a of passion and you're re- like really clipping its wings. Now I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's too liberal of an approach to this. You know what I mean? But yeah. I I don't and know. That's a ways I, away before anything like that. Yeah, happens. of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ideally, by then that things have kind of started to normalize that they start introducing classes, then majors, and kind of really take this kind of slow because even. Sports marketing is taking years to get around, but that's been here forever. And I'm just finally getting the major here at my school. Yeah, so, traditional sports have been around. It'll take a while. And they yeah. need to find people that can teach these classes. Like, who the hell is going to go teach all these classes if every university picks it up? Like, we're all in, but are we all really cla- like, qualified? Are we all yes. This is it. Yes. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is it. Like, the people Compared that- to most professors, like, there's no professors at any. There are very few professors at university that can teach any of these classes to an appropriate point. And I believe that. And that's why I think it's going to take forever. Because even Oxford, they don't probably have a class list because they don't have anyone to teach any classes right now. They're just saying, okay, we kind of support esports now. Anybody want to Anybody want to support, like, jump in and say? <laughs> no, no, that's actually not how academia works. Um, to get a lot of these courses, it's not the it's not like the dean of Oxford's like, I want to have an esports course uh, to, to figure it out, guys. Most of, mo- yeah, mo- most of the time, I'm guessing um, I'm guessing Oxford's broken up into colleges, just like most large universities. Like you have your College of um, like English or your your Liberal Arts College within the university itself. I'm guessing probably they're I don't I don't know I don't know because I, I don't yeah, know which different which colleges. It, it it might be their technology department. Well, let's just say they have a tech yeah, school okay. right within Oxford. I guarantee you there is a few teachers there. Um, who are like pushing for this pushing and, for and they're and they're proposing esports classes um, because most of the time that's how it works. Like you don't, you, yeah, in, in most of the time it's not just like the dean going, hmm, I let's do esports. It, it's it's within the colleges themselves. Um, professors and like grad students are all coming together and they're doing this proposal, and then from there it goes to a committee, and then once the committee approves it, then you, it's it's like a whole big like this is really impressive because it had to go through like like at least three different committees and it had to go through a ton of old ass people um old <laughs> ash like like i i don't think it's like is it considered ivy league i don't i don't know how like the uk uk works like Maybe, like I don't know. It, it's 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 a prestigious school obviously so like there's a yeah. lot of like old like well there's, values a, there's a, like, there yeah and, yeah that's what and, I, yeah. yeah and so like it, it for it to go this far and actually become a class is actually super super impressive that the bureaucracy behind it got through yeah and i think go ahead sorry oh yeah we we'll kind of wrap this up we got a couple more things we're kind of getting close to our mark but it's one last thing i kind of want to say i'll let you finish your point but i don't think that's how this happened because tencent is involved in this i think tencent probably reached out to a handful of universities and we're like, we want to get esports into it. And then all that bureaucracy happened. I don't think it started from the ground and went up. I think Tencent came up directly at that top level saying, we're willing to dump money into your company if you're willing to start support, I mean, into your college, university, whatever you want to call it, if you kind of start supporting esports. And I think there would be more information behind this if it had gone bottom up, because they'd have to do reports and presentations, all that kind of stuff. But here, this is Tencent coming in, and they're like, okay, we're partner. Now we'll figure it out together. We'll kind of back the money. You guys just kind of put your name behind it. It's how I think this happened. 
But I think for most colleges, of why it's taking so long is because it is doing what you're doing and working bottom up. So I think it's going to be that way, and that's why it's taking a while. But I think this might be a little bit of a different case because Tencent is involved already without any classes being existing. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. That would make that would make a lot of sense. Um, kind of kills my point I was gonna make. So yeah, no, that's all. It's all good. We we're good to move on. Unless Dylan, okay. you have anything else to add? Nope, no. I yeah, I think we jump into the big old F U. Oh boy. So oh boy. Uh, for every for anyone who doesn't know, um, below the Overwatch League is the Contenders League for Overwatch, and um, this league is made up of a bunch of different. You know, a bunch of different teams who made it. Like, this is, like, your pathway before you have to, like, have, like, big money behind you to get into the Overwatch League because Overwatch League has, like, the path... I, th- I forget what, what it's called. It's, like, Path to Overwatch League. Path to Pro. It's, yeah, Path, path to Pro. And so Contenders is part of that. So Contenders, you can think of it basically like a minor league. So, like, a minor league team will never be- graduate and become, a, like, a pro team. Most of the time, like I'm sure there is examples in history of like weird stuff that has happened, but for the most part, a minor league team stays a minor league team, and you pull you pull people from the minor league into the majors as they you know um, hone their skills and they come to fruition. Um, a lot of these teams are owned by Overwatch League, so I know San Francisco Shock, which is owned by NRG, has a contenders team called NRG Esports. So it's not like San Francisco University Minor; it's just NRG, right? But it's owned by the same company. Um, and Fusion actually just has Fusion University. So it's their university team. Um, and they shorten it to FU because it stands for Fusion University. And it's kind of funny and it's kind of rude. Um, but they got some new jerseys. And just on the front, it just says FU, like for Fusion University. And Over- Overwatch League and Blizzard was like, nope, you are not doing that. Uh, you can't have FU because kids are impress- impressionable or whatever. Um, and so they made them walk out like they couldn't wear their brand new jerseys. They had to walk out in black T-shirts. Um, and the best part about it is their social media team was being so petty. I loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> like uh, not only the Fusion University Twitter, but the the Fusion team itself, like the, the main Twitter was tweeting out all the matches with the hashtag FU. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was so great. And like, uh, so like Fusion University that day, like they ended up winning. They did super, super well. And it was like 1-0, right? They won their first match. It was 1-0. And uh, Philadelphia Fusion, the main team tweeted out like, oh, uh, Fusion Academy up 1-0, hashtag F you up. Like as in, yeah, as in they're up, they're up a point. And so it was just really funny because all the social media team was just being petty as fuck. And I loved it. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I guess that's where I'll, I'll like, I'll throw it on you guys. Like I, d- I mean, like FU is such like a, a, not a big deal. Like I think like, yeah, like it's a little rude and like, ah, it's a double meeting, like kind of funny, but like, I, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. God, like, I, I don't, I, I feel like Blizzard as a company would know better. They made fucking Diablo. You know what I mean? Like, and Diablo's got some questionable shit in it, especially the first one. So I mean, like, come Tracer on, says wanker in game. Who, who says wanker game? Tracer. That's says that's wanker different. That's in different. Game. How's that different? It's really like like the context in England. I don't think that's like a big deal. Yeah, w- yeah, wanker. In England okay, but anywhere like... outside of the U.S., really, fu isn't as big of a deal. But I guess it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, like, like fu is kind of like like. If the English if the English language has touched that area of the of the of the you know of the globe. Okay, yeah, and that and yeah, I'm sure, but like I, I don't. Think. I I think that, I think this is I think this is Blizzard being a little too liberal, man. Yeah. Like let this shit slide. And the thing is too is like, how many fucking twelve year olds do you know that are watching the Contenders League? You know what I mean? Like that's one that's bad parenting. Yeah. It's bad or good parenting. One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's good parenting. <laughs> it's good parenting. But like like. Well, this is it. If you if you have a kid who's like, I think this falls ultimately falls on the parents to not let this be Blizzard's call. You know what I mean? I don't think I think it should be stopped there. Blizzard should be like, listen, the kid learns shit. It's not because of us. It's because they haven't been explained it properly. I don't know, man. Like, I think I think this is just a really 
petty move by Blizzard. I think it's unnecessary. So I actually have like a really interesting parallel, and I don't know the full context of it um, because I haven't watched it since I was like 12 probably. But I remember when I was 12 years old, right? Every Friday night and Monday night, I used to sit down in front of the TV and watch WWE. I loved that shit as a kid. It was fucking hype, right? Oh, you, yeah. mean, you mean it was WWF at the time though, wasn't it? No, that was WWE when we were growing up. Wait, no, when I, when I was like 12 or 13, it was still WWE. It was it stopped being WWF when I was like, uh, I would say like 10, 10-ish. Okay, because um, right, I, re- I remember like that transition too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so um, basically the big thing is John Cena was like getting big, right? He was like coming up when I was like 12 or 13, right? So like he was starting to become a big deal at the time. Um, now he's obviously like the biggest name of all fucking time. But like back then he was like just starting to come up and he had a special move called, you know, the FU, right? Yeah. Now he doesn't, the move isn't called that anymore. They don't call it that because I think the whole deal was like, he brought in like a lot of kids. Well, you gotta, yeah, you gotta remember like the, the, see, like that's just it. The influence John Cena has is a little, it's, it's, it's it's kind of. No, I like, no, like I know his influence is like like th- one of the biggest influence on kids and like all of sports in general like yeah, he, yeah. he is like a giant influence but i'm saying like i think it's kind of the same parallel like i know blizzard and especially overwatch league contenders isn't reaching the same type of audience but i think they want to reach the most mainstream audience possible and so like in a similar vein of where like you know wwe was like really like kind of crude in the beginning and like yeah. obviously it was hype and awesome but it was like kind of crude and i think they're, they're they're trying to clean up the edges a little bit they want to clean up the edges and make sure it like yeah. it's it's squeaky clean for like a for like a general audience so like so, i don't know so your parents can take your kids to watch a match kind of thing yeah yeah and yeah. i i think they're trying to create that kind of environment which i mean I think it's a little bit much, but, like, I can understand. Like, I understand. Yeah. Like, I think it's really shitty that, like, they just bought these, like, brand-new jerseys and they have to revoke them. I wish it would yeah. have been more of, like, a kind of, like, a subtle thing. Like, hey, like, at the end of the stage, like, you guys really should, you know, quit it with the FU stuff. Like, yeah, I, I wish it was a little bit more, like, slow to transition and Blizzard was, like, a little bit more cool about it and stuff and, like, less, like, abrupt and, like, forward with it. But, eh, what are you gonna do? I mean, I yeah, under, yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it. Is like, it a I big deal it. either way? Like, no, like if they let him with the jerseys, is that end of the world? But not. If anything, it's gonna be bigger than anything because now it's been on the bigger stories. Like we're now we're talking about it. Now they're sold out of pre-orders for these jerseys. Actually- yeah, pre- you could have bought the jersey online. They're probably gonna bring them back up soon. But okay, so it is a little different. So first off, these jerseys were supposed to be worn during the championship. That's a little different. And they, okay, and first off, congratulations to Philadelphia Fusion again. They ended up winning even in contenders. Hell four yeah. to one. But, um, <laughs> so it's a little different. Like, if it was maybe just a normal game, but it was one of the opening games, like, whatever. But obviously, this would have a little bigger viewership numbers than a normal match because it is the finals. So that makes a little difference. And I think there's a lot of little points that could be added up either way. I think Blizzard is overreacting a little bit. But kind of the WWE, like kind of keeping it clean for all family ages, kind of like how Ninja's cleaning up his stream to not stream as much. It's I did not swear as much. Swear as much, yeah. I don't think there's any difference between the two. He's trying to make it more so that they can get more viewership numbers because they can address more people. It's all it kind of is. So I have no problem with it. But would the world have ended? Would parents have rioted if they had that on there? No. So I guess anything else you want to kind of touch on that? Otherwise. Hashtag go F you. Go F you. Yeah, like, I love love Fusion. Uh, Shout outs to NRG. Please have a Washington, D.C. team. Please, already. So I can root for you. Johnson first. (laughs) Okay, Heroes of the Dawn. Let's go through that, though. Yeah, we got... I want to hear more about this. I actually, I've seen a lot of kind of publicity around it recently, actually. Yeah, so Heroes of Dorm is something that's really awesome. Um, I mean, I personally don't really care for Heroes of the Storm competitively that much, but Heroes of the Storm is a really cool game, like, from a casual perspective. I actually really, really like just playing it just, like, randomly because I never feel, like, shitty picking it up, like, you know, and just playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel bad. You feel rusty. I feel rusty picking up League. I feel rusty playing Dota or StarCraft or, like, CSGO. Any eSport I feel bad picking up, but 
it, like just picking up heroes is just it feels good you just pop into a game like all your stuff is it, like you can like determine your build beforehand you don't have to worry about items like yeah. le- leveling is like across the board and like it's very team focused so a lot of times you're hanging out playing with your your friends and it's fun and there's objectives um and so i i think it's cool from that perspective but i do give it its merit of it at the very highest level there are some really interesting nuances to the game that make it a very competitive game i would never argue that this is not a highly competitive game that requires a lot of skill because i i really feel like it does i don't personally enjoy it that way but i definitely see the merit behind it um so go so going past that um every year uh tespa concludes their collegiate uh heroes of the storm tournament into what they call heroes of the dorm like a little little pun there for the collegiate scene um and the big deal with that is whoever wins this tournament gets their college tuition paid for which is a huge deal that's a lot of money and so like for the collegiate scene like heroes of the dorm is like the big thing a lot of people want to compete for everyone wants to field the team because they want to get their tuition paid for this is awesome um, I know two years ago, um, I believe that was uh, 2016. I want to say it was 2016 or 2017. One of those. I, I'm pretty sure it was 2016. Um, it was actually on ESPN3. So like it, was, you, it, was, it was 2016, I'm pretty sure, yeah. You could turn on ESPN3 on TV and watch it. That was hype. I mean, we got a lot of big memes afterwards because, like, people, like, sports people were like, what is what is heroes of, of the dorm like what is this video game on here and game. <laughs> yeah there, there's a lot of really good compilation videos out there um from it that's hilarious but yeah this is a really awesome tournament and it's and it's put on by tespa which you know we talk about a lot in the collegiate esports scene because they do all the blizzard esports and i mean like it or not blizzard almost has monopoly on esports there's like two big games that rival it i mean there's basically like league and I mean, Dota, TI, I guess, and, like, Fortnite-ish. But, like, really, right? CS, is... CS, CSGO, CSGO. Yeah, and, like, CSGO, like, those games. But, like, there's only, like, three or f- three games at the most that, like, really rival Blizzard esports. Blizzard has just been putting out their games, and, like, this game is going to be an esport whether you like it or not. Um, and and they, it happens. It always happens that they just And they're have... working on a new one, too. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, Tespa, um, Blizzard's like collegiate branch, sort of, um, puts on a lot of really awesome tournaments for the collegiate scene for all these Blizzard games, and their Heroes of the Dorm tournament has just been huge. Um, I know in the past, um, some some very notable teams, obviously, all the California schools, very notable. There's some Canadian teams that are no- notable. Um, and then actually UConn, University of Connecticut, has a fucking killer killer (laughs) heroes of the storm team um they won i'm pretty sure they won one year but they always make it to like the they call it the heroic four it's like the top four they always make it there they're really good um so for this year um the top four was buffalo cpp um i think that's uci that's uci's team i think I think UCI's team made it there. I don't know why it says CPP, but I'm pretty. Is that it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking. I'm I'm like looking at the top four right now, and I'm like fairly certain UCI was there. Um, so Buffalo, UCI, Laval. I think that's how it's pronounced. Laval. 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 Yeah, it's a. It's a. I, I'm pretty sure they're from Quebec. Is they that? Are. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yep. Because their name is like Université, like Université du Laval. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. French, uh, they're yeah, French Canadian, and then Kentucky. Don't ask me about <laughs> Kentucky. Like I, I don't know, but like um, go Wildcats. <laughs> go Wildcats. Um, but yeah. So I, okay, I'm looking at this like top four. I'm pretty sure I saw UConn somewhere on. They didn't make it to top four this time. I I might have lied, but they made it to the top eight. They did make it the top eight, um, okay. but yeah. UConn Huskies, right? Yeah, yeah. UConn Huskies. They have a really good collegiate program. They do a lot of like they have a lot of really good teams. But like UCI made it pretty far and stuff. But like Canadian team won, and I mean I'm telling everyone that's the Canadian universities is where like some really incredible like esports is is to be had. 
Like University of Toronto needs some work, but I mean, do you even pay for college in Canada? Uh, no, actually, the government. <laughs> what? I knew that. No, no, See, I no, knew no, that. No. So they don't even get a prize. So they just won fucking nothing. <laughs> no, no. Like everybody does a student loan, and then we go to school. That's how it goes. Like. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah. So like. Uh. This. It was. It was a pretty good tournament. Um. I. It wasn't like the biggest tournament, but it was the fourth year it happened. Actually. Um. So they like kind of joked like, oh, they're you know they're graduating because it's like the fourth year or whatever. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's something that I think is kind of weird because Heroes of the Storm is not a game you think of big eSport, but for, you know, but like for some reason, like just like the marketing and just like the event design behind this tournament has made it like really, really popular. And obviously the free tuition part, like. Well, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good prize, right? Yeah. It's a really good prize. And. What I think is the most interesting, and I think why they do it, um, not only because so many people, so many universities can field at least one team, I think this is just really good marketing for Heroes of the Storm. Like, yeah. I, I think out of all the Blizzard games, Heroes of the Storm is probably the game that brings in the least amount of money. Um, oh, yeah. Because basically they transitioned their StarCraft team over to Heroes of the Storm. Um, the StarCraft team is doing very, very little right now. Um, anyone who's dedicated to StarCraft, I think, is just maintaining... There's a little bit of work being done on it, but like really not that much. It's heroes. Like the team transitioned to Heroes of the Storm, um, just because it's the same exact engine. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah. So like I think you know that team hasn't been putting in like like bringing the most money because like Hearthstone is, it's microtransaction. They like I, I it's a big meme that it's like a small indie company basically over at that team, <laughs> but that's actually kind of true. Like they don't have a giant team because you don't need a giant team for for Hearthstone. Um, and their microtransactions just pile the money in. Like, they make an incredible amount of money. And then WoW subs um, on top yeah. of, like, now you can buy the tokens and stuff for yeah. in-game gold. And they're, like, even for though... 300k or something like that? Like Yeah, yeah like, even though, like, um, like, WoW has been plummeting in subs like you still are making an insane amount of money off of that that's still their cash it's, cow it, it, it did like completely off topic it did spike significantly with legion yeah it yeah did. It, so it, it's, it did it's spike. Yeah. yeah um but we i mean new big mmo that's yeah, just a statement i'm saying i want a new big mmo yeah Stop. yeah regardless they're still making tons of money off of wow and overwatch has become like a cult phenomenon of like yeah the 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 fandom behind it is so giant and like the loot boxes and stuff you're making tons of money Heroes of the Storm is the game that you're you're not really making all that money much money off of. Like, yeah, they have the loot boxes, but like, I don't think people care that much about the loot boxes in, in Heroes of the Storm. And like, you don't have to buy the game at all. It's not like Overwatch or where there's the initial purchase. It's just a free game. Eh, and people, that's it. That's people, fucking it. And like, they, they like Blizzard doesn't really release too many numbers. I know WoW subs. I don't know how people get that information, but that is something that's publicly available. The WoW subs. It, it used to be. I don't think it is anymore. They stopped giving it out around WAD, I think, because WAD yeah. was doing this one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so when they're proud of a game, sometimes they'll release the numbers and stuff. But like, they do, um, they do this one. Like. Yeah, yeah. So, especially for Heroes of the Storm, they've been very quiet on the numbers. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's just because the game isn't doing all that well. I think, I think it's making its money back. I think the team is paying for itself. But I think stuff like this is getting a ton of people to play because like. One, you're having the teams who are in it play, so that's a guaranteed player base, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, and then on top of that, people watch this and they go, "Hey, like, I want to play. Like, you know, that kind of sounds kind of cool." And if you actually go to the Heroes of the Dorm website, because it has its own separate website at the bottom, it it like super advertises it, like, "Oh, Heroes of the Storm, play now!" Like at the bottom and stuff. So, I think this is a giant marketing tactic that honestly probably works out pretty well. Yeah. I, no. It has got me curious. I mean, I, I watched one of the games, and I'm like, I could play this. Like, I would. It's, it's objective based. It. It's it's like it's like again. There's not a like. There is room for some mechanical outplay, but I mean, it's nothing. It's not like fucking League or Dota. Yeah. 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 It is. It's it's so macro focused. how you get your gear it's how you get your talents you know what i mean like 
Yeah. Yeah, no, that that seems to be because I mean, I don't know if you've ever played Heroes and you start getting behind, but once you're behind, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, like, yeah, there and then there's certain levels like like same thing with League of where 10, like ten and twenty, ten and 20, yeah, ten like and twenty. League. Same thing with League, like you know, you hit your alt and like that little time, you're like you you're you need to make a play because like you're you guys are really fucking strong because you have your yeah, ult. same exactly. same deal except tenfold because like it's team fights, like you're fighting as a team for a lot of time so yeah so communication macroing in the game all really big deals which i think are make it make it interesting because it's it's different enough from the other mobas that like i think it has its place absolutely yeah because i mean like that's just it where you can kind of fuck your way around like you know just getting killed being good mechanically in league of legends and like dota and stuff like that heroes it doesn't like you have to all be good uh, macroly you know what i mean like it, it, it's it's essential right so yeah no i'm like i'm like i'm gonna probably tune into that the next the next time around because i don't know here's the story always like playing as all these iconic characters for for a blizzard fanboy like me like it's really nice except for overwatch players yeah. or overwatch I'm gonna for white water next i'm gonna compete in heroes of the dorm next yeah. year oh my god yeah, the team free. Field the Is team. Yeah, can't just anyone field their team for free. No, yeah, you can field the team for free, and if you're the only um, team on your campus, oh, you, I will be. I guarantee you. You got. You guys will be designated as like the official team of that that campus. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah, so it's it's cool, and also Decker Kane's in the game. I, th I thought he was a meme. Ooh. I thought he was a joke. No, nope. he was played. Someone played him in, in in a match, the finals. In the finals, someone played Decker Kane. I don't think he's a meme character. Who is that? Decker Kane is like the old man in Diablo. Stay a while and listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in Diablo I, I never really got around in Diablo much. Oh, my God, buddy. Run some riffs. Run some riffs with me. We'll, we'll see. Some, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, James, I'm going to have us hold off on wild cards for next week just yeah, for yeah, time. And plus, MSI kind of wraps up, so we'll have the group stage and kind of stuff like that. So we'll have more to talk about that. So that could be one of our big ones next week. But I know we cannot do that without talking about it for about 15 minutes. At least, so at least. I feel like kind of pushing it off next week is going to be the la a better kind of option for that. But with anything we touched on, anything that kind of happened live during the show, is there any kind of closing points you want to kind of touch up on for tonight before we kind of wrap up and go into post-show? Uh, no, I am good. Okay, well, I guess, do we want to do, well, this is kind of an ad hoc thing, just for people kind of looking forward to Thursday. I'm um, just reminded, last week's uh, eSports present did come out a day or two late, but that was our review for the Game Changers Dream of BlizzCon. It was the review and spoiler cast. The first 15 minutes of the podcast are just a straight-up review, then it goes into that. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, obviously, because it hasn't came out yet, just listen to the first 15 minutes, and I'll remind you to listen to the second half in a while. But this week is E3 Judges Week. So we're getting closer. We're going to start having things kind of leak for E3. What do you guys feel about this Thursday being our E3 Predictions Week? So that this is a, about three weeks out from E3. Do you guys feel like this Thursday is going to be a good time for that E3 Predictions? I want to do it. Also, yeah, do. also, I want to try to arrange my work schedule so I can have a, like an E3 thing. E3. I'm I, off of, I, I think I'm off of work, so I'm... I will make a point of live streaming as much of it. At least I'm going to do the PlayStation conference for sure. I'm going to live stream over top of that, no matter what I have to do. Like, I, so. I just want to hang out literally all day and just, like, because they have the companion stream, right? So all we have to do is, like, put, it's stream over the companion we, stream. We stream over it, and we just need to put, like, our little pictures in, like, the corner or something. Well, that's what we do. Like, each one of us gets our own little corner. Yeah, and we just literally, I like, I just want to hang out and, and, like, watch it and stuff and just, like, hang out with chat. And, like, if, uh... If um, what's it called? Uh, if, if people can't be there, or whatever, we can just like pop in and out. Like that'd be hype to do. Yeah, that's what I'm fun. saying. Like that'd be cool. Like we had a stream going all day, but then like your face will appear in the top right corner of randomly, and you start talking for 45 minutes, and you dip out. 
Okay, but yeah, so E3 companion stream, that was ways away. That's going to happen. This Thursday, E3 prediction show. So we'll talk about that on the post show, but what that is that going to entail. Uh-oh. That's going to be our additional content for this week. But thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's live episode of Project Esports for May 14th. Um, <laughs> Andrew, do you want to you you cover me, buddy? My, uh, my monitor Oh boy. Um, okay. I don't know. What do you usually say? Um, I, I, I don't know this. I usually go over it. Um, we, um, please share our podcast and all of it. Um, share our Twitch, retweet us, follow us on Twitter, following, reviewing, anything kind of like that means the world to us. The more you kind of share with friends, the more you tell it about it, the more we help grow and the more kind of content we're able to put out for you guys. So please go out of your way, leave that five-star review, leave that quick comment, follow us on Twitch. Anything means the world to us. It really does. That was way better than how I did. And we also go live every Monday um, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Twitch. Um, So you can see our live show then. And if you have any comments, you can just, like, drop it in the Twitch chat. And we're always interacting with chat. Um, So you can do that and see us live. We have the pre and post show also where you get a little bit of extra content. Um, But if you're not around for the live show or you just want to hear it again for a second time, we also have everything go up the day after. So on Tuesday morning, you can expect that in all your podcast networks except for Spotify one day. Um, But you can catch it on there. Um, And then also we've been doing an extra Thursday show every week. And that's kind of like our our little wild card episode where we have different stuff going on. Um, so like, you know, Andrew was saying, we're going to have our E3 predictions this Thursday. Um, so Thursday, you can catch that on. Uh, most of the time we do um, a presents. Um, so we post it on there Thursday night, and then you can go ahead and listen to it on Friday, the following day on Friday um, on all the podcast networks and YouTube. All right. Uh, guys with that, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Project Esports Podcast. See y'all on Thursday.